Hey, who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark time will never fail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 59 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Hi, Georgie. This is Chris. You can't see it right now, but Chris, I am currently kneeling to you. Kneeling? I am kneeling to you. What does that mean? I am on one knee in honor of the new king. (laughs) Steve, don't make this weird. Chris, you are the king of Gondor. You're only saying that because I have the sword of the king of Gondor. Chris, nobody else has that sword. I can guarantee it. It has a bit of like a mass-produced feel to it? I don't think so. I think that is the only one out there. Well, the other thing is when I bought it, he gave me a box with one in it and there was still like another one. That's not that's not the real one. So I got the real one. You got the real one. I buy that. Exactly. And you did buy it. Yeah. So uh so yesterday <laughs> or a couple days ago this weekend, we'll give the the listeners some background information. We went to the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. Yes, the Penn Ren Fair 2017. I guess that's uh that was the first time you were ever there, so I guess you could officially call it the the Penn Ren Fair. You're no longer a, a noob. I guess. Yeah, it was my first time. What'd you think? It was interesting. It had a lot of things I liked. It was uh it was pretty cool. It was a good time. Got to see the king walking around, King Henry the Eighth, saw some jousting. Ate some turkey legs. Ate some turkey legs. Had you had some root beer. I had some um like Night, ginger vanilla. Yeah, night sale they called it. That was pretty good. Was pretty Did you get anything to drink? Other than that root beer and a water bottle? Yeah. No. no. There were long lines. The there, there were so many long lines. Yeah, they were really long I didn't lines. feel like waiting in line that long for stuff. But there was one thing you waited in line long enough to get. <laughs> Are you talking about the sword I got? I'm, I'm talking about the sword. Yeah, luckily that line wasn't that long. No, but it was kind of, it was funny because when you were looking at all the different swords and all those other people were kind of eyeing that one up, we weren't sure if that was the only one they had. We were kind of getting worried. Yeah, I was I was ready to fight someone. No, I'm, I was sword. actually thinking, you know how they were those two separate buildings? And the one had like the more like movie stuff and the other had more like just, mm, regular Not- swords? Yeah. I'm so glad you told me to go to the check out the other building. I'm, I see from a distance I saw it had uh, the one sword from Halo. I can't remember the energy oh, yeah, sword. Yeah, it did. I, I saw what it was called. So I saw that and in my head I'm thinking that's probably what they're kind of going for, more of like the pop culture weaponry. Yep. And sure enough, we walked over, we saw that, we saw some keyblades, uh tons of swords from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, there were some swords from The Witcher too that looked really cool. That's what you were talking about. That's a game you said, right? Yeah, it's a really good game. Yeah, well, save up for next year. Um, next year, yeah. This, there's there's so much cool things there that I want. There were a lot of cool things there. Like, there's cool costs, cool, like, clothes and boots. And other, in addition to the swords and knives, I just had you to could, prioritize this time. You Yeah, you, you could go in and come out with a full gear. 
from head to toe. Like high quality, movie quality yeah, costume. Exactly. And you and you'd fit right in. That, that's the that's the cool thing about the Renaissance Fair, I feel, is that if you don't dress up, you're out of place. Yeah, a lot of people were dressed up. Tons of people were dressed up. And I I mean, some of those people, like they they went all out. They they probably, you know, spent a pretty penny on on their outfits and costumes. Yes, definitely. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I'm glad you got your sword. What did you uh did you have any, you know, ceremonies when you got home and opened it up out of the box? Did you like knight Nicole or anything? Did you knight the baby? That would have been cool. No, I I don't know. I f- that's kind of weird. I feel like because it's not born yet. That's true. So it'd basically just be like holding a sword up to a pregnant woman's belly. Do you think that would scare? I Nicole? feel like it sends. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. Yeah, I hear you. No, mostly what I just do is carry it around and hold it. It's a good idea. Now it came with um. What's that called? The casing? A sheath? A sheath, yes. Does it, does it have like a belt or anything too? No, it doesn't. I got to find one. Now, does it have any spot on the sheath for some type of a belt? No, I'd have to get one that could like wrap around it. I hear you. I mean, they must exist. I'm sure this is like a common issue. So, Yeah. Well, we'll find something soon. Yeah, I'm not worried. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. I'm glad uh, you, you've been looking for a sword for a while, right? Pretty much my whole life, Steve. <laughs> yeah, if I had to get a sword, that's the one I would have gotten. The, the no King way, really? Sword. Uh, yeah, because like, uh, like we were talking about in the car right up there, I like to get movie memorabilia that like really means something or like it's really uh, important to the p- plot or carries a lot of symbolism. Like when I went to Harry Potter World in Orlando, I bought Dumbledore's wand since it was the Elder Wand. I didn't go for just for like... You know, like a Ron or a Snape wand or anything like that. I would have gone like the 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 sort of Gondor. I mean that that plot treks through the the whole series, really. Yeah, they got to put that thing back together. Got to put it back together, and it's the thing that you know cut the the ring off of Saruman, and uh, right. Aragorn takes it and allows him to regain the throne as the heir of the King of Gondor. So, good choice. Good choice. Thanks. I hope you don't feel like jealous or anything. I don't. I don't want to create any issues between us. Oh no, I'm not jealous whatsoever. Next time I'm over, I might just uh, look at it and take it with me. Hey, knock yourself out. Great. You'll probably knock it. You use it to knock me out if I start trying to take it away. I wouldn't. Do uh, that I appreciate that, Chris. Uh, so let's move on to some uh, poll results that I have. Our previous episode last week, uh, in honor of just the Halloween months, ghosts floating around, everyone in the spirit of spirits, pun intended, uh, we did who would win, the Ghostbusters versus the four Pac-Man ghosts, Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde. And the poll stands thus. Ghostbusters are currently winning 81%. Uh, Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde's 19% in our viewer poll. Oh, that sounds like a blowout. So the Ghostbusters are running away with it. Uh, I did get a message from our good friend Eric Thompson on Facebook, and he wanted me to take his vote into account. He would have voted for the Pac-Man Ghosts. So that would probably raise the percentage from 19 to maybe 21, 22 Mm. for being generous. But uh, the Ghostbusters are still currently running away with the poll. If you haven't voted yet, the poll will still be open uh, for a couple more hours or so of the time of this uh, episode's airing. So the Pac-Man ghosts in this poll are pretty much the New York Giants of the NFL. Oh, you're going to bring it up. <laughs> Sorry. No, actually... At least the, pa- the Pac-Man ghosts have a, probably a higher uh, 
fan percentage. Oh, maybe. Than the Giants. The Giants play in the next 30 minutes of this of the time that we're recording this. Oh, it's a night. It's the night game tonight. Yeah, it's going to be against the the, the Broncos, and the Giants are going to lose. Yeah, it's a tough one. They're going to we're going to start off 0 and 6. Your Eagles, though. Man, I'm getting hyped up, Steve. I don't know if I want to start getting excited. I'm going to get let down. Five, five and one. I know it's it's exciting. Wentz is a machine. Thanks for going. Who did they play Thursday night? Uh, the oh Panthers, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you know Do you know what the final was? Uh, tw- like, was 28 to 23. It was It was so closeish. Yeah, it was close. Closeish. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you and your Eagles on their current success. It's It's still I, early. We'll We'll talk again I, at the end of the season. We'll see how things are going. I'm really happy for you. <laughs> no, and uh, fun fact though. So that was uh, Ghostbusters versus Pac-Man. We saw people yeah. dressed as both of those things That's at right. the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. That's right. We saw a group of five people, and four of them were wearing the colors of the different ghosts, blue, pink, orange, and red, and they each had the eyes on their T-shirts. And then the fifth person in their group was wearing yellow in honor of Pac-Man. So we saw that those, and we thought, oh, that's cool. And then later, we saw a Ghostbuster walking around. <laughs> We were considering trying to convince them to fight each other for some uh, episode promo, but we thought that would just be too hard to organize. And it was only one Ghostbuster. And if we stopped them and said, hey, we host a podcast, we just pitched the two of you together. Could you get into a picture? They'd probably be really, really confused. Yeah, but I bet they would have done it. I think they would have, too. I think at those types of areas, those types of events, people are more than welcome to take pictures with other people. Yeah, like like I saw some people ask to take pictures of someone else, and like I feel like they were honored. Like, that's like a nice. Oh, absolutely. Like, can I take a picture of your costume? It's really good. That's like when people kept asking you where you got your sword. That's true. A bunch of people did. And you were like a movie star. We were all like, oh, my God. Me? You're asking me where I got my sword? Yeah. So that that it was cool to see the ghost, a Ghostbuster. I believe it was Venkman. I, I couldn't even tell. So, yeah, I just remember because I, I remember I was like, Chris, look. Look, and I had you like turn around. Like, it's a Ghostbuster. Like we were seeing one in the wild or something. We didn't want them to to run away <laughs> or escape. So so that's the results of that poll. So if you haven't voted yet and you want to quickly before it ends, go ahead in. Maybe I can get a couple more percentage points for Blinky, Pinky, Inky, and Clyde. Or uh, not. Or we'll vote for me and keep my win streak going. There you go. Yeah, you're do that. That'd be two weeks in a row because you won the previous one before that, which was uh, uh wow. We do so many. I can't remember. I don't remember either, Steve. Wow. That's a shame. Oh, it was uh, Flubber versus WonkaVision. Yep, that's right. Yep, Flubber took that win. So, uh, yep, definitely reach out. We appreciate everybody who downloaded, listened, and voted in that poll or reached out to us letting them know what their vote would be. So, uh, Chris, I, I sent something earlier. I sent something to you earlier, uh, and I want to bring it up to our fans here. And I think it would be something kind of fun uh, in honor of who would win and to kind of get them – uh, involved in our show a little bit and do kind of like a friendly fan competition. Steve, I think that's a fantastic idea. When people hear about this, they're going to go be, they're going to be so excited. I hope so. I think I, I put a lot of thought into this. I put some work into it. I really hope people will participate in this and send it out to their friends or family if they want to, and maybe try to get some more people involved and we'll, we'll see how it goes. So uh, a friend of mine who's been on the show, his name is Mike. He told me that um, his brother's coworkers, do a guess the Rotten Tomatoes score 
and uh, they do it way ahead of time before you know all these films come out and uh, depending on how close you were to the percentage, uh, you get a certain amount of points, and whoever guesses close enough, uh, they get you know some kind of prize or or whatever. So what I did is I made a Google survey, you could call it, and the link for this is going to be in our bio or in the uh, in the in the show notes, and I'll tweet it out. I'll put it on Facebook. And what it is is I picked pretty much the ten biggest films that are coming out. From November to the end of December, you have like the new Thor movie, uh, Star Wars, of course, Justice League, uh, The Disaster Artist, Jumanji, Pitch Perfect, and a couple others as well. And on this Google survey, you can vote or pretty much th- uh, guess what you believe the Rotten Tomato score is going to be. Now, we're not doing like the critic score or the top critic score or the... Um, the audience score, we're just going to be doing the overall score, that one number that you see there on Rotten Tomatoes. So if you would like to, uh, take a couple of minutes, I mean, it won't even take more than a couple of minutes, but go through it and uh, make your guesses. Chris and I will do one also. And what happens is the way we have this set up is depending on how close you are to the percentage, the actual percentage, you get points. If you get it right on the nose, you guess the actual percentage, you get 20 points. If you're off by one, plus or minus one percent, you get 15 points and so on and so forth. Um, the most we do is plus or minus 15 percent. So if you're more than plus or minus 15, you don't get any points whatsoever. So hopefully you're in the in the ballpark there. So uh, what I'm going to say is I'm going to have this open until Halloween, October 31st, and then I'm going to close it. Uh, just because reviews are going to start coming in for some of the earlier November movies like Thor Ragnarok and uh, some others as well. Uh, the only thing I would ask is some of the movies that are on our list have already received some early reviews. Uh, for example, um, The Disaster Artist already has some reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. So I would ask that you please don't go there or you know try to come up with a score that you believe might be different from that because the score could change as the release date comes closer so you have until october 31st to uh submit your responses there's only one uh, response per fan but you can send it out to your friends your family and have them also participate and then whoever has the most points at the end of all of this uh we'll do we'll do some kind of prize something fun uh in order to appreciate you going in this and if it works out well maybe we can do it for the summer months we could do some of the movies that come out the big blockbuster films and if it doesn't go out well, uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. Yeah, I was gonna say we should we should get a prize for this. We should work on something. Yeah, we'll we'll do we'll figure something out. Um, it won't be we'll a sword. To, it won't be the sword. No, that's that's for you only, Chris. <laughs> but um, it's gonna ask you uh, for your name. If you just want to put your first name, that's completely fine. But I would recommend you put your first and your last name, so that way, in case we have you know two Johns or three Sams, submit the poll. And one of you were to win, we want to know who's the actual person who ended up winning in the end. And we'll keep track of everybody's uh, responses and their score as we go through the the season and the Rotten Tomatoes scores become updated and, and public for everybody to see. So I just thought this would be something kind of fun. Like I said, we'll see how it goes. If we want to change it up going forward into the summer season, we'll we'll see what happens. But just a friendly competition amongst all the listeners. That sounds great, Steve. Yeah, and if you don't want to put your last name, you can put a last initial. You could put like your Twitter, your Twitter handle or something like that. Just like yeah, a, whatever something kind of unique in case they're duplicates. 
Exactly. Some way that we're able to contact you in case you do end up winning this little uh, friendly competition between everybody. So like I said, this uh, the link for this survey will be in our show notes. I'll also make sure I put them out through Facebook sporadically until Halloween, on Twitter sporadically until Halloween. And like I said, feel free to spread this to your family, your friends. Hopefully this could help us even get the word out for the podcast and attract some new listeners. So um, let's do it. Let's All right, Chris, do it. You ready to get started for today's episode? I'm ready, Steve. All right. So please remember, as always, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Gmail. You can also subscribe and leave us a ratings on iTunes or through our RSS feed on Podbean. Chris, what are we talking about today? Today, continuing the Halloween October theme, we have a clown battle. The Battle of the Clowns. I guess you could call this a clown sighting, since that was, was really big last year in 2016. That was a not big so, thing. Not, not so much this year. Did yeah. you ever see any of those clown videos from last year? No. Some of my students were showing them to me, and they were claiming that they were local. I'm not sure. I really wasn't able to to do any research, but some of them were really creepy. Like, there were just people running in the woods being chased by clowns. Granted, I don't know if they were set up or staged, but... um. Yeah, those are really creepy when they were happening. Hmm. Some people are crazy. Some people are crazy. So, uh, in honor of those clowns out there, Halloween time, we have the Battle of the Clowns. Chris, who are you picking? I have Pennywise, also known as It, or Pennywise the Dancing Clown, or in the novel, Bob Gray. Yes, I did see that he has a um, Robert Gray, a pseudonym in the novel. Yeah, but who knows what his real name is? I mean, he's such a liar. Yeah, you never know when he's telling the truth, if he even knows if he's telling the truth. Such a crazy, crazy individual. Crazy. So you are taking it or Pennywise the Clown, and I am picking... Dancing Clown. Dancing Clown, I apologize. It's important. And I am picking... The Joker, specifically Heath Ledger's The Joker from the 2008 film The Dark Knight. Oh, I didn't know you were picking a very specific Joker. I did my Joker very generic. I'm, yeah, I picked. Uh, I was picking Heath Ledger's Joker. When I was doing my opposition research. It's hard sometimes when you're doing your research. you got to think like your opponent. Yeah, I should have been like, oh, what's the cheapest move Steve could make? <laughs> Magical powers, can't die, uh, transitive property. I have those powers this time, but we'll see how it goes. All right, sounds good. Chris, you want to give a little uh, background information little, on a little background the on Dancing it? Clown? A little yeah. it background? All right, so Stephen King, 1986, writes a horror novel called It. Pretty, pretty, pretty well received. In 1990, it gets a TV miniseries. Uh, it, I think they called it It Chapter One or something like that. Yes. Uh, then 2017, it gets a remake. Highest grossing uh, horror film of all time. Yeah, it was very well received by everybody. You and I saw it. We both enjoyed it. I thought it could have been a little more scary, but I, I still enjoyed it. Yes, I would say I also liked it. Had some minor issues, but like it was fine. It was good. Now, we should bring up, if anybody has not seen the 2017 film, uh, that's your fault. This book came out over 30 years ago. So yeah, you, if we if we spoil anything, too bad for you. As far as I know... The story of the movie was pretty close to the book and the original TV miniseries. I saw that in my research as well. And I also may be mentioning things from later in the novel, like that okay. hasn't happened yep. yet in the 2000, 2017 movie. 
I'll try right. to give you a heads up if I am going, but I'll probably forget and just say it. You know, so I'm gonna I'm say I'm gonna say, hey, the book's been out for 30 years, and the, that the the TV movie happened about 20 years ago. So if you haven't seen it or read it, your fault. Yeah, I hadn't actually seen or read either, but I just know of it just from it being a part of pop culture. Right, I'm the exact same way as well. Okay, so that'll probably be the limit of my spoilers, but if like you've never heard of it and you just saw the 2017 one and you're like, I love this movie, I can't wait for the sequel, I hope it doesn't get spoiled for me, this is not the podcast for you. No, not your time. Not your time yet. But come back. Yeah. Watch it too when it comes out. And then, come then back. give us a re-listen. Exactly. All right, I, I mostly just talked about the the movie and literature it. I'll tell you a little bit more about Pennywise and the character. So from just if you've just seen the the new it, I think you'd be a little unsure of like his background. You'd be like, Oh, he's some type of magical being, a magical yeah. clown who can like prey on kids' fears. But you're you're pretty much right. He he's he's like a he's an immortal being. He's often described as. He's been around for millions, if not billions, of years. He's just, from like a different universe. He's from the. It's called the macroverse. Yes, he's from the macroverse, which is the area, uh, the of the the void surrounding the universe. Right. So, it's almost like not a non-real place. He's an embodiment of like some type of evil. He can, uh, he does, he does feed off of fear and children. I don't, so it's unclear to me if it has to be children, because he's mentioned that children are the easiest because their fears are very easy to kind of um, bring to life. Like a, like a child's fears are simple, like, like spiders or zombies or bees, whatever. Like an adult's fears might be harder to conceptualize, like loneliness or like being alone. Or right. um, commitment or something like that, you know? So kids are kids are easy prey for this guy. So um, also, it's pretty much accepted that the clown form is not his true form. That's just his favorite to appear as. He's a, he's yes. a shapeshifter. Yes. So his real form, uh, it comes up in the like uh, second part of the novel. But I'll just, uh, I won't say, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that secret because it probably will come up in the next movie um but that they're not even sure if that's his real form either or if he's really a he he might it might be a female right he might not have a gender at all it's not really exactly like he's a human i read online that in the book there's a part where he takes the form or it takes the form of a spider yeah that's what i wasn't gonna say because that's the very end oh uh, well i'm spoiling you know. <laughs> And uh, they they say that they refer to it as a female at that point. Yeah, because apparently one of the people can identify genders of spiders. Yeah. Hey. How do you know? That's what they're good at. But like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) going to Google search it. Someone can tweet me if they want, if they're like, here's how you tell the gender of a spider. You just got to look for the, I don't know. Lift up their skirts. Uh, anyway, um, that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much Pennywise. I, he has, he has a lot of powers. I was going to save them for, uh, kind of when we get the fight started. Sure. That's fine. So, uh, a little bit of background about Heath Ledger's the Joker, the extremely famous portrayal, I believe. 
So real quick uh, question to clarify for us, Steve. Sure. I noticed you like to say the before the Joker. Is that is that a um established precedence? Is that your preference? Is it is should he be I known like, as the Joker or Joker? That that's a good question. In the film, I believe he's credited as Joker, not the Joker. Okay. But I I always just say the Joker. All right. Just what curious you, if you knew. What do you prefer to say? Well, I think I naturally say the Joker, but I'm right. But I don't know if that's right. So I've been trying to just say Joker. I'm going to try my best to say Joker. <laughs> okay. We'll see what happens. So uh, Heath Ledger portrayed Joker in uh, Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. Uh, fans of the show might know that The Dark Knight is my favorite movie of all time. And uh, his performance is legendary. I think it's phenomenal. But uh, in the in the film, he uh, pretty much is working against the mob and then ends up working with the mob, taking advantage of them. Uh, in order to increase his own wealth, also trying to increase the mob's wealth, while also trying to instill chaos um, around Gotham City and pretty much play and screw with Batman the entire film. Uh, Heath Ledger described the Joker as a psychopathic, mass-murdering, schizophrenic clown with zero empathy, and I think that pretty much summarizes the character you never know what he's gonna do he's always he's always throwing twists um he's always keeping the audience and batman both in their feet you never know what he's gonna do he's very unpredictable um heath ledger unfortunately everybody knows passed away before the film came out and he also won an academy award for best supporting actor for his portrayal of joker in the film and um he has the traditional joker look he's got green hair uh, the white face, which in this film, it's like white makeup, which they refer to in the movie as war paint to try to like scare his enemies. Whereas in like the uh, the comics, the earlier comics and the Jack Nicholson version, his face gets like um, kind of like say, bleached, died. bleached or died. Yeah, from bleached. An accident. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Bleached. Yeah. From an accident. Um, and the Joker is also known for his like smile. And this Joker has a Glasgow smile where both sides of his cheek have been cut uh, with a knife in order to make it look like he has a smile going literally from ear to ear, which he covers in red makeup, also scaring his uh, enemies with that war paint. And he also wears the traditional purple uh, attire, which he has in a purple suit uh, that he wears pretty much throughout the film. How did he get those scars on his face, Steve? Uh, uh, He tells two stories in the film. (laughs) But which is the Uh, truth? What's the truth, though? So it's interesting. So I've I've always been curious as to what people uh, think about you know, what really, really happened. And so somebody said that if you, when he tells the story, he tells the two separate stories. When he tells each story, he has the knife on the other side of his um, mouth. So some people believe that one story refers to one cut and the other story refers to the other cut, which is possible. And then some people just believe that he's crazy. He has no idea what really happened and he just makes up stories um, to it's entertaining for himself and it also kind of screws with his enemies as well. What do you think happened? Um, I think they're not real scars. He, he puts them on with makeup. Okay. Well, this is true. No, like at, at, the character oh, think, Joker does think, too, just, to, does just to freak too? people out. It's totally possible. I, t- I tend to believe, I'd like to believe that each one is a di- different story. Like he tells in the film. Uh, I think that'd be kind of interesting, but also, I kind of see it as being he just kind of makes up. He really doesn't know what happens, and he just 
has his own stories that he tells people for what really happened. But that's the Joker in a nutshell. So Joker going after Pennywise here. What's your tactics? So Pennywise, formidable opponent, many powers and abilities. Let me describe them for you. Go ahead. One already said shape-shifting. Transforms himself into different frightful beings. The clown, his uh, preferred form, takes a lot of other forms like uh, leeches, cadavers. Um, what else? What else? Like Georgie. Um, yep. You know, he can look like anything. Just try to scare you. Spider. Um, all right. He can also produce illusions. Um, he often uses this to scare people. Illusion like blood, dead things, fire, you know, stuff like that. Yes. Um, eyeballs. The, the, the balloons. He likes, he's a big fan of red balloons. Floating Loves around. those red balloons. Yeah. Yes. Um, partial invisibility is a power of his. Partial being, so this is kind of confusing to me because they, I think they're saying partial because it, he can be seen by children, but not adults. So I right. think, are you the one who told me that he only people who believed in him could see him? I don't know if I said. So that. someone told me that that that's that's the distinction. Like if you believe in him, you can see him. So like that's why the children can see him because they can still believe in him. Okay, but that doesn't. I don't fully buy that because the children could see him like. They could see him before they even they, knew he they, was a That's thing. what I was going to say. Yeah, before they even knew to like what he was, they could see him. So Right. I don't I don't know. Maybe he can just selectively choose who could see him. I, that kind of bugged bug me about the movies. Like I didn't really care for that and how the kids could see the blood but like the guy the dad couldn't. It's like it right. doesn't make any sense. They spent like hours cleaning that bathroom. Right. They were cleaning invisible blood up to the adults. Yeah. And like it the fact that it was an illusion like it 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 obviously looked the same to all of them, like it wasn't like in their mind, or right. somehow he put the exact same illusion in all their minds. Like I just like I just imagine one kid like wiping the window with the washcloth, you know, cleaning the blood off. Like what if another kid didn't see that in his mind? Is the blood still there? Like that I just didn't like that. It just bugged me. Anyway, There's a lot open to interpretation. That's he can do it somehow though. He can. Some people can see him. Some people can't. And then there's some adults that can see him sometimes. So like maybe sometimes he can let adults see him. Um, regeneration. He's often injured. He can kind of like fix himself. Yes. Uh, in the in the in the original show, he got like shot as a in the form of like a wolf or a werewolf or something. He got shot and he was he can, like come back from that. Um, he can do some telepathy. He can move things around with his mind. Teleportation. I wonder if they put this on here. I'm, I'm reading this from the uh, from the wiki for for Stephen King. So, yeah. like, teleportation, because he kind of can, like, appear one way. He, you see him, and then you look for away for a second, and then he's, like, he moves. So there's... Now, yeah, now, a question I would have for you involving his method of moving, is he only going to be able to move through the tunnels? Oh, because he lives Cause, like, in, the in the sewer. In the, right, because he lives in the sewer in the movie, and in the book as well. But when he teleports, he's only teleporting within the, that sewer. He's, ne he's never really out in the open unless he's in that house. I was going to say, yeah, you see him in the house. Uh, where else do the kids see him? They, he, he's outside he, the, he the makes, house. He gets that one girl in the bathroom. Right, so he does go to her house, but I'm assuming he goes through the sewers. 
He just pops out the toilet. That's what my guess would be. <laughs> That'd be funny to see. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hold on, guys. I need to squeeze through this drain. Scary in a second. Yeah. No, teleportation is a bit of a an iffy one. Because he doesn't do it very much. They even, they even point that out on the wiki. They say, although a very useful and effective ability, it does not seem to impl- exploit this too often. Right. He's Almost not like they're making a advantage. judgment. Like, they're like, why is he he's stupid? He should teleport more. <laughs> right. Um, another kind of not very useful power is that he can kill plants by touching them. Okay. Um, oh, I messed up earlier. I said telepathy as being able to move things with his mind. Did I? Uh, I think you might have said telepathy. You meant so, telekinesis. Yeah, yeah. So telekinesis, he can he can move things with his mind. Telepathy, he can read people's minds, usually to yes. know their fears. Right. Um, then there's some other possible ones. He may be able to control the weather. People think this because uh, the day that the loser group comes to fight him, there's a thunderstorm. Okay. I don't know. That could just be a coincidence. It could have been a coincidence. Or plot could be, device. Like, yeah, I was going to say, maybe Stephen King can control the weather, and he wanted it to be a thunderstorm on that day. I, I think he can control I, the weather. I think that's fair to say he can. Yeah. Uh, and possibly uh, photokinesis, uh, which is light manipulation, because some people believe it's true form. So there's something they refer to as dead lights, which are like also this like uh, non-physical concept that like humans can't like even understand, but like the closest approximation is like an orange headlight or something like that. Okay. So they're like, maybe he has some light manipulation because he's his true form is this dead light. I don't know. I don't care about that. I just wanted, I just wanted to give you the full, full, the full gamut of, of powers. Sure. So basically a lot of his, his kind of his MO revolves around finding out your fear and exploiting your fear to scare you. And then he kills you or eats you or like hangs you up in his little mobile in his sewer. Um, okay. So that got me looking. What is the Joker afraid of? Nothing. I was wondering, were you looking, uh, were you on a similar path to this? I'm saying the Joker is afraid of nothing. So. The Joker has no fear. Some people, a lot of people online agree with you on this. Uh, And some of his fears are like, kind of like intangible fears. Like um, the closest I found is, well, a couple things. One is he might be afraid of no one knowing him. Like, you know, the fear of being not known. No one caring about him. Okay. Uh, some people argue that he's afraid of Batman. Uh, I would and, argue that he's not afraid of Batman. And then some people argue that he would be af- he's afraid of a world without Batman. Okay. Um, so I was thinking, well, I guess I could like try to kill Batman because he's afraid of a bunch of stuff. And then that so would na- like mess with Joker. So now you're having Batman come in on this fight too to try to take you down also? Well, he wouldn't have a chance against Pennywise. He's like a super powerful clown. I guess that's another fight for another day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But anyway, that's Batman not what I'm going to do, because I found okay. another fear of oh the Joker. And what is it? It was buried in an old animated episode on TV. I'm going to try to play you a clip really fast. Hopefully you can hear it, or this is going to sound really silly. Are you okay. ready? Go for it. $137 million. Yes, and if I don't pay up, I'll go to jail for tax evasion. <laughs> I'm crazy enough to take on Batman, but the IRS, no, thank you. Could you hear that? No, I could not. You heard nothing? <laughs> I heard nothing. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll put it in in uh, editing. Okay, that works. So what it was is, 
It's a clip from uh, the animated TV show of Joker finding out he owes the IRS $137 million, <laughs> fearfully packing up bags of money to pay them. When someone okay. comes, someone says, like, what are you worried about? And the Joker says, well, I'm crazy enough to take on Batman, but the IRS, no thank you. <laughs> so, based on that canon scene, the Joker is afraid of the IRS. He okay. knows they do not mess around. Okay. They mean business. They're going to hassle him. I don't know why he's afraid of the IRS so much, but he is. All right. So it it can work with that. Pennywise, he can appear as an IRS agent. He can knock on your door. You can say, I need to check your uh your accounts receivables from uh from for the last ten years. Um please make your C CFO available for a few questions. And the joke will be like, Uh oh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm afraid now. And that's where it starts. The little bit of fear in the back of the Joker's mind that it can just, you know, telepathically sense, push the right buttons, gets you on your off your toes, you know, off your feet, on your toes. I'm not sure the right usage of that. And uh, then when you're when you're afraid, that's when you can kill you. All right, all right. So some some things I'll bring up here. So first of all, Pennywise has to he uses his telepathy in order to find out the fear of the person that he is going against. Uh, yeah, that's true. Right. So he would be reading the mind of this Joker, which has had no issues with the IRS. Uh, are you sure that the Heath Ledger Joker wasn't chronicled in this animated series as his past self in the past? Uh, so the, uh, I'm going to help you out here. There's no evidence to not suggest the fact <laughs> that they are not That's connected what I in any way. Thought. Correct. All but Jokers also no are part of the same continuity, <laughs> except the uh, Jack Nicholson one. He's special. And uh, and and Heath went right to Jared Leto. Is that what ended up happening? Yes, he went downhill. <laughs> um, another thing I would br uh, bring up too is you're saying that you were able to identify uh, Heath Ledger's Joker's uh, true name and alias or whatnot. But however, he does not have a true name. He is just Joker. What do you mean? Uh, like you said, he'd be able to find out like his background and be like, show us, you know, you, you have 10 years of bad of not paying taxes or whatnot. Well, the Joker has some type of like businesses, right? I mean, he could ask for his businesses tax records. I don't think the Joker owns businesses. Well, this Joker specifically, Heath Ledger Joker I mean, does, does not own a business. Does Heath Ledger pay his uh, his employees? No, he, he just has them kill each other. He says he will pay them, but he just has them kill each other. So he's never paid a single employee? I doubt it well, because then, he, that, he, he rules by fear. The IRS is going to have a lot of things to talk to him about then. <laughs> he's breaking a lot of uh, a lot of business codes there. Yeah, he, he's breaking a lot of labor union yeah, laws. Thank you. Um, but, so I mean, either so he he is a he's a person. He he must have like you know filed a tax return. No, but in the you got to think of it in in the Dark Knight. Gordon says we've done fingerprints. No matches on dental, clothing is custom, no labels. So, I mean, th this guy is this this guy's a ghost. He he is untraceable, and they have no idea who this person is. They don't know what his background is. They don't know what his real name is. If if Batman, the world's greatest detective, cannot find out anything about this guy's background, I doubt that the IRS is going to be able to find out anything. Ah, but remember, it's not just the IRS. It's Pennywise. He's from the macroverse, the area outside the universe. He has special powers, like telepathy. He can find out the Joker's past via going into his mind. 
But just kind of like what we talked about at the beginning of this episode, though, the Joker probably doesn't really know what his past truly is, just like how he has different stories for what happened with his scars. Why wouldn't he, he know? He would have different stories in his mind about what has happened in his past. There would be no one true story as to where he came from, what his life was like. So it would screw up with Pennywise. I think Pennywise, Pennywise be... could sift through that. He could figure it out. He'll be like, oh, this is a fake so. one. This is a real one. How would he know? How would he know what is true and what is fake? He's a really good mind reader. He's very good at talking. Okay. But he's going to be right. Just because you can read something doesn't mean that you know which is true and which is false right off the bat. Uh, so I guess you're saying if the Joker's mind truly believed like a false thing to be true. Correct. I don't know how that would work with Pennywise. It'd be tough. I guess that's what we're here to argue about. Right. And I would argue that Pennywise wouldn't be able to cipher which is true and which is false. Yeah. You're probably right. That that makes more sense. So something I want to bring up here is I'm assuming we're fighting in the period of time where Pennywise is not acting like a cicada and hiding underground for 27 years? Yeah, sure. Okay. So something I want to bring up is how would Pennywise find the Joker? Oh, I don't know. Like, how would he go after him? Because the Joker... You're always really worried about the logistics of our fight, and we just, like, randomly pick two clowns. And then you're like, but how would they fight? Well, what I'm thinking of here... <laughs> that was a pretty good impression. <laughs> Thanks. What I'm, thinking, what I'm thinking of here is that the Joker would know... I just said the Joker. Joker would know where Pennywise is, because Pennywise uses the tunnels and he has his hub at that house in the in the sewer system yeah some people think that pennywise can't leave Derry, maine or Derry, it's, is it's, it indiana is it der der derby Derry, 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 d-e-r-r-y right yes yeah yeah Derry, maine. Derry, yeah. maine yeah yeah so i feel like there's no element of surprise for pennywise because you know where his headquarters is you know how he gets around that's true where 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 joker here um at the end of batman begins uh, he wasn't commissioner then, but Gordon gives Batman a Joker card and says, hey, check this guy out. You know, this is someone who we're going to have to look into. And Batman's like, I'll look into it. And then he jumps off the, the roof and flies away. Fl uh, fast forward one year later when the Dark Knight begins and the Joker is completely wreaking havoc in Gotham, robbing banks, screwing with the mob and whatnot. That is a period of one year from when Batman first finds out about the Joker and the Joker is still wreaking havoc in Gotham. So that has been a year time for Batman to try to track down the Joker, and he has not been able to do it in that time frame. The world's greatest detective could not find the Joker. Can Batman shapeshift? Uh, no. Can Can Batman read people's minds? Uh, debatable, but no. Can Batman teleport? Um, if you watch the end <laughs> of The Dark Knight Rises, it would make it seem like he can, but we're really not sure. That's open to debate. Was Batman an immortal being from the void outside the universe? Christian Bale is, but not Batman. <laughs> I think you understand the point I'm making. We're talking about a very special individual case here. I do see that, but I just don't see... I, I think the Joker is going to have more of an element of surprise on top of Pennywise than Pennywise would on top of the Joker. I could actually see that. I could. I could, I can agree with that. Now, we also have been discussing that Pennywise mainly only targets children because they're young, they're naive, they're more open to his deception. Mm -hmm. Yes. So why would he target the Joker? Because the Joker's not going to feed into that whatsoever. The well, Joker's going to see right through him right away. And that the, what what Pennywise feeds on is that fear, is that the the children's um, 
distrust and they're unknowing. But the Joker's not going to have any of that, and it's not going to feed in, into Pennywise, giving him practically nothing. So the Joker has a very um, immature and childlike mind. I feel like Pennywise does as well. He does. You're right. Yeah. But he's also like right, an so immortal so being who's been around for millions of years. This is true. So he's been around the block. Literally. Yes. Looking for children. So go ahead. What were you talking about? The Joker's... Um... Just his immaturity and childlike mind is going to make him appealing an appealing target for, for uh, Pennywise. What's his childlike mind and... He's just he's, behavior. he's just laughing. He thinks everything's funny. Everything's a joke to him. You know, it's not like he's never serious. Uh, but he's also like murdering people while he's doing that. Do you think that's something that average everyday children do? Well, maybe like to the, to the Joker. To the Joker, life is like a game. You know, this is just fun. This is what he does for fun. He's he's like a kid playing with toys. Uh, he he's more of a dog chasing cars. Oh yeah, that actually is a better analogy for once good job thank you but i think the children thing holds up too uh i can i can see that argument yes he kind of is acting in that way but i i understand what you're saying it would be the joker is kind of like pennywise kryptonite he's really right. like a hard mark for for pennywise he's gonna be extremely hard for him like to go after. literally no fears a crazy person so so maybe what happens is is it it ignores all of his normal Pennywise ignores all of his normal criteria. He's like, well, he's not a kid. He doesn't. He's not, I can't prey on his fears. But he's a, he's another clown, besmirching my scary clown name, going around, you know, <laughs> hunting Batman, blah blah blah. I I'm the only clown in town. I got to do what I got to do and just take this guy out. Pull out all the stops. Use all my superpowers. Not mess around. Not find his fear. Not you know like stalk him, turn his friends against him, blah blah blah. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna appear. I'm just gonna open up my giant mouth hole thing, and I'm just gonna pff, chomp him. So now he's t- now so now he is Pennywise eating the Joker. Yeah, if, he's, if he's need not, be, he's, he's just gonna be like, anymore. I'm not messing around anymore. The IRS ruse didn't work. You saw through it. Uh, I'm just gonna eat you. Hmm. What are what is what is your what is your move? What is what is the Joker's overall strategy against Pennywise? So the Joker's over, overall strategy is I, I I would have two options. So the Joker has no problem killing individuals, and in my research I have seen that whenever Pennywise takes the form of something, he is susceptible to the damages that that form could withstand. So for example, he could bleed. If he is cut or shot or stabbed or something along those lines. And if he, I believe if he does not turn back into his original form, then I think it is possible to kill him that way from what I've done in my research. Uh, I might, I might be interpreting it wrong, but that's what I've seen in like Pennywise's weaknesses. If you look online, like he is susceptible to those damages. Like he takes the laws of the form that he, that he takes. Okay. So, uh, I mean, the Joker could, do some physical damage to that IRS agent because the Joker's not going to be afraid of the the IRS agent, especially Except when he was afraid of the IRS. Just well, that out. Heath Ledger's Joker is not going to be afraid of the <laughs> IRS agent. Um, another thing that Joker is extremely good with is taking enemies and either turning them on his side or even better, making his enemies work for him. 
in the Dark Knight, Joker steals uh, millions of dollars from the mob, and he uses it to buy the suit that you see him wearing, and he walks in on their meeting, and he's pretty much like, hey, I robbed you guys. This is what I bought with your money. And they're angry, and he's pretty much able to take the tables and turn it, saying, listen, you need me in order to get rid of Batman. You don't want to hurt me. You don't want me as your enemy. You want to work with me, or even better, you want me to work for you. Like he said, if you're good at something, never do it for free, which is what he ends up doing with the mob. He works or he he works on their behalf and gets paid for it. So I think the Joker would have the ability to take Pennywise, his enemy, and either have him work alongside Joker, with Joker still being in command, or have Pennywise work underneath the Joker. And the Joker giving Pennywise the orders and Pennywise having to follow those said orders. And Joker says, Pennywise, I need you to kill yourself. Pennywise kills himself. Or go back to what? the macroverse. Go back to the macroverse. Why or... would Pennywise be so afraid of the Joker that he'd have to work for him? I don't buy it. Because he, he is the embodiment of chaos. So Pennywise is like a literal embodiment of evil. Like the Joker is a metaphor of chaos. Pennywise is like a literally un- otherworldly being of evil. I think if the Joker were to tell Pennywise after he gets him on his side, showing him what the scenario looks like, because it's not going to be a winnable scenario for for Pennywise. So the Joker's going to say, you have two options. You can either work alongside me, listen to what I tell you to do, and do those things, or you can just die, and I'll make your life a living hell. Pennywise is going to want to take that other option, and the Joker's going to tell him, you know what he's going to have to do send him back to the macroverse for that 27 years leave the place alone get out of here go back to your your otherworldly uh area but stay stay away from my turf this is his turf he was able to take it from the mob and make it his he could take it from pennywise and make it his as well and if that doesn't fit if that doesn't work and all else fails i gotta go for my fail safe here chris what's your fail safe pennywise's greatest fear um, what's that? The turtle. Oh, you you read about the turtle. I did read about the turtle. So I don't think Pennywise is actually afraid of the turtle, though. But I've seen that. I, I've read that that is his greatest fear. Like if he sees the turtle, he like frets and runs away. Interesting. I I so what I saw was that he he calls he often refers to himself as a perfect being, and sometimes he refers to the turtle as an almost perfect being or something like that. Okay. So he thinks him he thinks of himself as more powerful than the turtle. But the turtle was kind of created as his like his opposite. It's like a, it's right, like a it yin was, and yang situation. Essentially, yes. So it, it never really I feel like you could correct me if I'm wrong. It never really established, you know, where this turtle came from. It seems like it's kind of the same type of thing as Pennywise. Yeah, really. It's like interdimensional being of some sort. Yeah. But Pennywise might not know exactly which turtle that is. And what I would argue is the Joker has access to a lot of resources, especially weapons and uh, thugs, vehicles, anything along those lines. I am sure that the Joker could have access to a turtle. He brings that turtle in and he uses it as Pennywise's weakness and, uh, Pennywise runs away. He's scared. He's terrified. 
So you maintain that this being the turtle looks like a turtle. Yes. Interesting. I, I didn't consider that possibility. I thought that was kind of like a nickname. I, I want a second uh-huh. to just kind of confirm if he is a turtle. Yes, he's he's a turtle. He is but he's a turtle of massive size. Yes, he's a turtle of massive size. So would you would you get a massive turtle? Would you get like a big like Galapagos uh tortoise there? I pre- if I was able to get a Galapagos tur- tortoise on such short notice, I would I would prefer to use that. If not, and I was using a regular everyday box turtle, the Joker, being the salesman that he is, would sell it up as this is the turtle, and he has you know shrunk his size for easy transportation purposes, so that way he could come to Pennywise, and finally send him back from whence he came. Hmm. That is a great idea. I don't think you could trick him. I think he'd recognize the real turtle, but but don't you think it's the fact of the possibility? of it being the real turtle he wouldn't even want to risk it so you think this might be like a captain hook clock situation holding up clocks it's like it's like a turtle to him he just he just freaks out when he sees turtles exactly it might not even be in your analogy the real crocodile but he he has that sense of the turtle near or he even sees the turtle he's not risking it he just wants to get away as much as he can hmm that is uh, an interesting thought. We'll have to see what people think of that. We will have to see what people think of it. Is there anything else you want to add for the battle purposes between it and the Joker, or would you like to go to some fun facts and start wrapping up? I'm ready for fun facts. I, I went through all my all my uh, Pennywise stuff. Okay. So you, you, you have nothing else for Pennywise? Mm, you said? No. Nothing really? Okay. Um, Something I found, which I actually never knew before, is... So it's it's extremely well known that when Heath Ledger was casted as the Joker, uh, fans did not react positively. Yeah, I'm not sh- I'm not sure if you remember that remember. or are familiar with that. Just like when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman, same exact thing. Uh, so before Heath Ledger was confirmed to play the Joker, uh, actors such as Paul Bettany, Adrian Brody. Robin Williams and even Steve Carell were interested in playing the Joker. Wow. That'd be interesting. Which I think that would have been interesting, especially uh, like Steve Carell or Robin Williams, I think would have been very, very interesting. Agreed. They would have probably played it a lot sillier, I guess I would think. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, both of them, I think would have played it extremely silly, kind of like more of an homage. I feel to um, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Nich- Nicholson was a pretty silly Joker. Yeah, and he was kind of playing homage to the 1960s uh, Cesar Romero Joker. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but Paul Bettany, that would have been an interesting choice as well. I, I think he would have played more of a, a Heath Ledger type Joker, more than like a silly Robin Williams and Steve Carell Joker. Do you know the actor's name who played it in the recent It? Uh, it's something Skarsgård. Yeah, Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. Um, uh, the other, the other possible candidate was hugo weaving for uh for pennywise that would have been interesting yeah i think that would have been interesting hugh weaving plays a good villain yeah whether does. it's um agent, what's it called agent smith agent smith he did uh red skull and red captain skull, america right. he was also v for v for vendetta which is more of an anti-hero more than a villain yep 
but uh, he was good in that as well. He's pretty much good in everything. He's a good actor. He really is. He hasn't been in anything in a while. I like him. Yeah, he just has a really recognizable face. So, like, if you're one of those people who doesn't like to see really recognizable people in roles because it pulls you out of it, then... He's a good one. Yeah, I do think he's very good, though. Yeah, he's a good one. Um, Some other interesting things that people may or may not know. In The Dark Knight, you know how the... Uh, the Joker has like the kidnap videos that he plays on the news. Yes. Uh, Heath Ledger actually directed that himself, and he pretty much just had a handheld camcorder with him and just had the other uh, characters or actors in the room, and it was just pretty much the two of them, and he was pretty much filming his own um, uh, hostage videos. That's funny. Which is pretty interesting. Um, trying to see what else. Like I like I said earlier, he won the Academy Award for Best Actor for for portraying the Joker. Um, he uh, Christopher Nolan claims that he did not edit or change any cut of the film because of Heath Ledger's unfortunate passing. What you see is pretty much what you get. He did say that he did plan on having the Joker as a plot point in the third Batman movie, where he had to stand in trial for the crimes that he committed in the first or in the, the dark Knight, which kind of would have been interesting. That would have been, um, there's would have been. no, yeah, there's no mention of Joker in the dark Knight rises, which is the third one of the trilogy. But in the novelization of the dark Knight rises, uh, there is a reference to Joker, uh, talking about, uh, people don't know, uh, where he is because, uh, they believe that he may have been put in Arkham asylum, or it's possible that he was in Blackgate Prison, which was broken out of in The Dark Knight Rises. So people think that maybe he escaped during mm. that, uh, according to the novelization. But uh, Christopher Nolan didn't want to do any mention in the film, just as kind of a respect to Heath and his uh, his family and his legacy. Yeah, I, for, think that for, was, I think that was the right way to go. Yeah, I think so, too. And um, I, I know that uh, he, Heath Ledger told Christian Bale to like actually hit him really hard when like they were punching each other during the interrogation scene uh because it really filled that rage and like craziness that he brought to that character and um one last thing i'll add before we uh start wrapping up is oh god what was it i can't remember now um you know what i can't remember i can do my it facts maybe you'll think of it sure go ahead all right i picked out the highlights so um there's a popular fan idea for the for the next it to recast the 1990 TV series child actors as the adults in this in the new it. Uh, unfortunately, one of them one of them did die, so they'd have to recast one of them. But two of oh, them that's a shame. Yeah. At least two of them had said they would be interested in repri- reprising their role. That's cool. That'd be really cool. Um, so the director did not let Bill Skarsgård meet the children before the filming scenes with them. Okay. And then the day they were going to film scenes, they made sure to like mention to the kids how Bill Scars like to be careful around him in character. He can be like really like scary in character, kind of I think to like kind of put him on edge. And right. supposedly that worked and made like for a for a tense scene. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that was well, I like when uh, directors do that. It really adds to the authenticity of the scene. Yeah. Um, last one. Um, they asked the um, the cast the children who they'd want to play them as, as adults. Uh-huh. And they chose, I don't know any of their names. So I'm just going to read the actors they chose. Um, Bill Hader, Jessica Chastain, 
Chadwick Boseman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Chris Pratt, and Christian Bale. Those are all phenomenal so choices. We could we could have a great it too. Great. It's going to be extremely expensive, but it's mm. going to be phenomenal. Yep. <laughs> um. Oh, I actually I, I remember what it was going to be. I actually have two more. Uh, in the scene when the Joker crashes the Wayne's party that he's hosting for Harvey Dent, when he comes out of the elevator, he scared Michael Caine so much that Michael Caine's reaction to the Joker walking out of the elevator is Michael Caine's actual reaction. Like he was terrified wow. seeing Heath Ledger's performance. And then last one, one of the famous shots from the movie or one of the memorable shots is when the Joker's in jail and they're all congratulating uh, Commissioner Gordon for capturing him and being promoted to commissioner at that point. And they're all clapping and then they turn to the Joker and you see him clapping for him as well in jail. That was actually improvised by Heath Ledger and their reactions are authentic as well because they see Heath clapping and they just see, you know, the Joker doing that and they're all like what the heck is this guy doing and it was kind of creepy if you really look at it and put it in that context yeah i agree that was that was pretty creepy he yeah. did such a good job Heath Ledger. he really did that's one of my favorites like i said I, I just remember walking out of that movie and my mind was just blown and i always love going back to it to this day so that was good a lot of good information there a lot of good arguments about pennywise versus it anything else you want to add chris before we wrap out of here no i think uh I think I said all I need to say. Me as well. Uh, so please remember there's going to be a Twitter poll online where you can vote for who you think would win between Pennywise and the Joker. Uh, also, please remember, like I said, the Rotten Tomatoes, tomato score, whatever you want to call it, tomato meter prediction page. That link will be in the show notes, and I'll make sure that I put it out on Facebook and Twitter for anybody who wants to participate in that. And then if you really like it and you want to send it out to somebody else, so that way they can do it as well, highly recommend it. I think it would be a cool way to kind of get the community together. I hope I hope we get a All lot right. of feedback on that. I'm curious to see. I hope so, too. And um, look forward to hearing what everybody has to say. So, as always, please remember to, su to subscribe, follow, and rate, and please continue to participate in our show. For the Who Would Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Hiya, Georgie. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. What a nice pony. Very poor choice of words. Oh, well, I'm Pennywise the Dancing Clown. <laughs> the Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holders.